0: morning, guys. I, uh, I realize I've been uh, standing to the side for like the past five days because I don't want to block the projector, even though I know the projector is, is behind me. Um, so anyways, here I am back in the, in the center. Uh, good morning. Great to see you guys. And um, we are, uh, is it day seven of the fast? Hallelujah. Right? Uh, 14... More days? (laughs) That didn't come out right. I should wait a few more days. Uh, We're going to continue on in Genesis 41. And um, it's a bit of a long read, but follow with me. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the passage. I may skip over a few parts. Um, Now, it happened at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream, and behold, he was standing by the Nile. And lo, from the Nile, three came up. Uh, there came up seven cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed in the uh, marsh grass. Then behold, seven other cows came up, and after from the Nile, ugly and gaunt. And they stood from the other cows on the bank of the Nile. The ugly and gaunt cows ate up the seven sleek and fat cows. The Pharaoh, awake, he fell asleep and dreamed a second dream, a second time. And behold, seven ears of grain came up, and a single stalk, plump and good. Then behold, seven ears thin and scorched by the east wind sprouted up after them. The thin ears swallowed up the seven plump and full ears. The Pharaoh, the, then Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. <coughs> now in the morning his spirit was troubled, so he had sent and called all the magicians of Egypt and all, his, all its wise men, and Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was no one who could interpret them to Pharaoh. Then the chief cupbearer spoke to Pharaoh, saying, I would make mention today of my own offenses. Pharaoh was fierce with his servants, and he put me in confinement in the house of the captain of the bodyguard both me and a chief baker we had a dream on the same night he and I each of us dreamed according to the interpretation of his own dreams now Hebrew youth was with us there a servant of the captain of the bodyguard and and we related them to to him and he interpreted our dreams for us to each one he interpreted according to his own dream and just as he interpreted for us so it happened he restored me in my office but he hanged him verse 14 then Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph and they hurriedly brought him out of the dungeon. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came to the Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have, had, I have had a dream, but no one can interpret it. And I have heard it said about you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph then answered Pharaoh saying, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. So Pharaoh spoke to Joseph. In my dream, behold, I was standing in the bank of the Nile. So he repeats the dream of the seven cows, fat and sleek. He repeats the dream uh, uh, of the of the, of the uh, uh, chiefs, or, or the ears or the ears. Uh, uh, fat and sleek. And then we'll go on to and he goes on to the interpretation verse 25. Then now Joseph said to Pharaoh in verse 25, Pharaoh's dreams are one of the same. God has to hold told to Pharaoh what he is about to do. Then seven good cows are seven good are seven are seven years and seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one and the same. The seven lean and ugly cows that came up uh, after them. And then he goes on to verse 36 and basically uh, uh, talks about a season of uh abundance where, where they can you know, take stock and inventory and storage and then a season of famine. So through this dream, through Joseph's interpretation uh, then the king and, and the leadership of the country can therefore store and reserve during surplus so that during the famine uh, they, would, they would have uh, uh, you know, be able to preserve life. Um, and then, uh, uh, so that's what they do. Verse 37, now the proposal seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his servants. right. So uh, by the interpretation of the dream, uh, Joseph gives counsel. Uh, sounds good to everyone. Then in verse 38, Then Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom is a divine spirit? So Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has informed you of all this, there is no one so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house. And according to your command, all my people shall do homage. Only in the throne I will be greater than you. Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took off his signet ring from his hand and put it in Joseph's hand and clothed him in garments of fine linen and put the gold necklace around his neck. He had him ride in his second chariot and they proclaimed before him, Bow the knee and, and he set him over all of the land of Egypt. Moreover, Pharaoh said to Joseph, Though I am Pharaoh, yet without your permission, no one shall raise his hand or foot in the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh named Joseph Zephineth. And he gave his Aseneth, the daughter of Potiphera, priest of On, as his wife. And Joseph went forth over the land of Egypt. Now Joseph was thirty-three, or sorry, thirty years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt. During the seven years of plenty, the land brought forth abundantly, so he gathered all the food these seven years which occurred in the land of Egypt and placed the food in the cities. He placed in every city the food from its own surrounding fields. Thus Joseph stored up grain in great abundance like the sand of the sea, until he stopped measuring it, for it was beyond measure. Now before the seven-year famine came, two sons were born to Joseph, whom Asinith, uh, the daughter of Potiphar, a priest of on bore to him. Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh, for he said, God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. He named the second Ephraim, for he said, God had made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. When the seven years of plenty which had been in the land of Egypt came to an end, and the seven years of famine began to come, just as Joseph had said, then there was a famine in all the lands, but in the land of Egypt there was, there was bread. So when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried out to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph, whatever he says to you, you shall do. When the famine was spread over all the face of the earth, then Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians. And the famine was severe in the land of Egypt. The people of all the earth came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph, because the famine was severe in all the earth. Amen. <clears throat> uh, this this uh, passage is so awesome. It's so so rich. So many um, things, I, you know, some notes I've prepared, but even as I'm reading it again, so many other uh, revelations of, of God's heart. Um, let me start off uh, uh, in verse 1. Uh, remember, Joseph was in prison. Uh, he was trying to still um, control his story, control his narrative. Uh, uh, he, he didn't want to portray what actually happened with his family um, he was still holding on to bitterness, uh, you know, telling people it wasn't even my fault, uh, I shouldn't even be in here, um, trying to uh, manipulate or trying to use uh, whatever gift things or authority he has to change or some uh, manage even people's perception of himself. And That, that can be really tiring, right? Uh, uh, you know, full-time job, in trying to control how people think of you is, is really tiring. Uh, and, and so I mentioned R.T. Kendall, says that even after uh, he had interpreted these two dreams, and uh, one of them was released back into the king's court, and back into the presence of the king, yet he had totally forgotten uh, uh, and, and you know, God God has his timing. Verse 1 it says, two full years has passed since then. I mentioned yesterday that God is working through Joseph, little by little. We don't always see all the details and in between the lines and behind the scenes, but we know that God is working. We can see the end product work backwards and see confidently that the Joseph uh, uh, in his positions of authority in his maturity is a much different person than when he was when he was first uh, appointed uh, into leadership, even over his own home. He fell into, uh, or was taking advantage of, and, and uh, uh, was, was basically uh, fallen into darker and darker days and seasons. Uh, what I want to say about uh, uh, two years later, and then at the appointed time, the cupbearer is reminded once again of Joseph. Um, two full years has gone by and that may seem like a long time I'm sure for Joseph it felt like a long time uh, uh, from, from his youth in his father's household to uh, uh, being in Potiphar's home and being in management of that, I mean this, this guy could write a book uh, and there's a book written you know, scriptures written about him and, uh, uh, and, and all I want to say about this is that um, that God has his timing That God has His timing. I think that we all need to acknowledge in our lives that God has His timing. He doesn't forget and He has a reason. He doesn't forget. He hasn't forgotten you. And He has a reason. God has His time. Um, Some thousands of generations some, uh, sorry, thousands of years, some 27 generations from the time of Adam and Eve to when Christ came. I, I mean, the sooner Christ came, better for everybody, right? Uh, but God has His timing. God has His context. God has the relationships, the people, the context. Uh, and so thousands of years, 27 generations, and then Christ came. And brought salvation to all all eternity, or sorry, to all peoples. And then now another thousand years and you know, thousands of years and generations before the coming of the, the second coming of Christ. So so God has his purpose, his timing, his reason. Um you know, I think one of the things that helps me is that I'm just one part of the story. There I have a I have parents. Who God moved in their lives for a season, right? I have grandparents who God moved in their lives for a season. I have great grandparents. I have great great grandparents. Even after my life and my wife, you know, our generation passes, and I hope we make a great impact for the next generation, my kids. But even after them is going to be my great grandchildren. Even after them is going to be my great great grandchildren, you know, and, and so on and so forth. And so, if if you kind of look at it in that context, my my life. Your life, my story, your story, is really just one part of, of a larger plan that God has. Does that make sense? And I think sometimes that's helpful because, for me at least, like I, you know, the tendency is that everything has to happen through me. Like, like, like I'm the center of, of, the, of the purpose of God's will for my life, for my world. But actually... If, if I take a more humble and modest stance, and if I, if I see through scriptures that God actually works through multiple generations, not even just through one person or one generation other than Christ, uh, but through His family genealogy, right? And then for all the uh, uh, numbers of generations after Him, I recognize that my story is significant, but it really is just one part of a, a grander scheme and plan and purpose. And so in that sense, if I know that God works through multiple generations, that that actually uh, it's it's humbling, but it's also it also gives me a, a, a great responsibility. That that whatever battles or whatever triumphs my family up to this point, to where I am in my faith in God, that I have a responsibility. Uh, basically, what I'm saying is the story is not just about me, right? I always think it's just about me, but it's not. It also has to do with my children. It also has to do with my my. my you know, multiple generations after. So I, I recognize the incredible responsibility I have uh, uh, to do my part, but at the same time to trust God in the process. To trust God in the process. Um, and so God has his timing. He doesn't forget. He has a reason. And he will work through you. He will work through your family. He will work uh, even greater, I believe, through the generations. Um, and and so, so God doesn't forget Joseph. God has His timing. Uh, God, at His perfect timing, brings remembrance of Joseph and his gifts. And, and then He has an audience with the Pharaoh. The cupbearer uh, uh, remembers Him. And so then God... Uh, this is really uh, uh, the breakthrough. You know, years and years and years of being in the shadow. Years and years and years, decades of having this promise Feeling like it's never going to happen, but yet faithfully serving God in the little things, and so this is this is view. This is what you know, Christians. We get excited about. We pray for the breakthrough. We pray for the breakthrough. But oftentimes we pray for the breakthrough. We look for the breakthrough, but we don't sow deeply in the seasons leading up to the breakthrough, right? And so we're all you know, if we're not careful, we're on auto cruise. God's going to take care of it. But actually, if you take a closer look at Joseph, you, we recognize that this guy is working hard. That this guy is doing all the little things. You know, you hear this all the time. You know, uh, uh, to be faithful in the little things, then God will put you in charge of a lot of things. To be faithful with what little, you know, responsibilities or whatever gifts that God has given you. If we're faithful with little, then then we will be faithful with much. If we're faithful with little, then God will give us uh, uh, greater uh, uh, blessings or, or greater opportunity to serve, um, and so Joseph had been faithful when he was under his father's household, when he was under Potiphar's household, when he was in prison. He was faithful in the little, every little thing, no matter his circumstance or context. Um, he he did well, and people saw his work ethic. People saw. Uh, 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 his attitude. People saw that he was a hard worker. Uh, Joseph was faithful in the little things, and so God sees that. God sees that you have been faithful with with the small things that God has given you. Um, what what does that mean? Like faithful in the little things, you know? I mean, I'm just like, what does the thought process look like? You know, does it, does it, does, is this what faithful in the little things looks like? Oh, I hate this job. (laughs) Uh, I hate, why did Pastor Sam ask me to do this ministry? You know, I'm so much more, okay, well, I'm going to be faithful in the little things. I'm going to do these little things, and there really are little, and they're really beneath me. But I'm going to do it anyways, because I know, in the scriptures it says that if I do a good job with these little things, man, God's going to finally put me in that position where I can do the big things. Right, is that, is that how the thought process works? Um, I think if we're not careful, it is. I think it's just like doing junk that we don't want to do so that one day God will promote us. I I think, you know, myself, if if we're not careful. I thought about this a little bit, and I I think it means so much more than that. Being faithful in the little things, I believe, um, means that you do them with joy. That you actually, truly, joyfully can do something that you don't necessarily want to do. That you might even think uh, 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 is, is menial, but to do it with joy, I think this has everything to do with defining the heart, right? When we say have the right heart, you know, you have to have the right heart uh, in serving this ministry or, or in serving in this menial task. Well, what does it mean to have the right heart? We say he has the right heart, or this guy has a heart after God, you know, a heart after God. And and so, so what does it mean to be faithful in the little things? Well, the first definition of just doing it because I have to and, 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 and not liking it until, but I know if I do it, that God will promote me. I, I, I want to propose to you that that's not the mentality. That's not the way you should think about any responsibility, any job, any position, anywhere you are in any context of your life right now. That that's not, I, I believe how, how we should be thinking. And that's not what God looks for uh, when he looks to bless or give people more responsibility. I think it has to do with everything in the heart. Um, what does it mean when we say like this guy has the right heart? What does it mean when we say, "Man, David has a heart after God's own heart"? Um, I, I, what I think it means is this: uh, when I see my child uh, enjoy ice cream for the first time, um, even if I don't myself don't have the ice cream, when, when I when I see my child or or someone I love, you know, my, my wife or or a friend or my parent. and You know, a a particular restaurant or food that I've had and it's really good. Um, And I want them to try it. I want them to taste it. And I take them in in anticipation and they take a bite and I see the expression on their face. And wow, this is like really good. Mexican really is the best food on the planet. (laughs) Right? And just like for the first time, wow, all the flavors. And man, I, I, I derive a great amount of joy in seeing their joy. Right? We, we get, we, it's, it's, it's crazy, right? We can get more joy from someone else's enjoyment than, than from ourselves. Does that make sense? And so I think what it means to define a right heart or right attitude in any task or responsibility, however small at this time it may appear to you, I believe the definition of a right heart and what really pleases God and what Joseph has is that everything he did, he did it for God. It's a totally different mindset. It's a, it's it's an upside down concept. Everything he did, I believe, he did it to God, and if it pleased God, it pleased him. So, so I don't believe Joseph was doing these things simply to get promoted. I, I don't think Joseph did these things simply so that so that uh, uh, um, you know he would have better. I, I really believe that the right heart the definition of a right heart or or or, or a um, uh, what it means to be faithful in the little things for you and I, no matter where you are in your job, no matter where you are in your life stage, no matter where you are in your status, no matter where you are with your finances, no matter where you are in any ministry context, I really believe the secret to unlocking God's heart is to do things simply by asking this question, God, does this please you? God, is, is, is this pleasing to you? I mean, you could be tasked. With coming here five a m in the morning and setting up these chairs before anyone else comes here, and if you were to do it for me or if you were to do it for s p or if you were you know to do it for the good of others, maybe you would derive some and and, and but you know honestly sometimes that that feeling runs out but if you're, you were sim- if we were simply focused on God, is this pleasing to you lord i 'm setting these chairs up for you lord i'm i 'm waking up early on Sunday mornings and preparing uh, 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 Sunday school and, and to serve. The, yeah, I, I get it. We need to bless these kids. They're the next generation. God, you're going to do greater things through the next two and third generations of our church than you are with our first generation. You're going to do great things here with our first generation as well, but Lord, I understand and, and, and I understand the immense responsibility and I understand in the Old Testament it's you leave the second, third, by the fourth, they completely forget God altogether because God isn't in the home. God is in the church but not in the home. And so, you know, like clockwork multiple generations pass uh, uh, uh you know, our families don 't go to church anymore, and so I understand that, but Lord, even though I understand that, but really god really i 'm doing this because it pleases me to please your heart, and I think that's uh, uh, would be the the accurate definition of having a right heart. I think that would be an accurate depiction and definition of being faithful in the little things it simply means to plead to be pleased in pleasing pleasing God, um, and I think that uh, um, because what is God looking for? you know we we understand there are seasons of wilderness, we understand there are seasons of uh, um, difficulty and, and moses was was you know uh, in wilderness and 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 David was in the wilderness, and Joseph was in the wilderness what 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 is God preparing in us what why why does god why does it seem like everyone has to go through these things, and I think that God wants every single one of you here through your journeys, to get to this place of understanding. But that the greatest joy in life is simply knowing your Father. Is simply knowing God. And having a relationship with Him. And that this center, this focus, of, of in every responsibility and task and opportunity given to you, God does it please you. I think that as believers that over the next 14 days, and as a dedication to 2020, I I really believe this, that if you got really good, like clockwork, like cultivated this, this, this mentality, this idea of, Lord, does this please you? I think it would be revolutionary. I think it would change your life. I think it would transform our church. It doesn't matter what it is. Marketplace, ministry, family. If we could get into this habit and cultivate, Lord, does this please you? If it pleases you, Lord, it pleases me. Um, and, and it's really reorientating the, the center of the focus of our thoughts. right? Because usually, if we're not careful, it's uh, how does this benefit me? Or how, God, how can you bless me? But if we flip the script upside down and we start asking, and, and Lord, simply I just want to know, does it please you? And if it pleases you, then I'm going to do my best. I'm going to give my best. Um, and, and, And I really think that this is the secret to Joseph. I really believe, whether he was in his father's household, whether he was in Potiphar's household, whether he was in prison, that Joseph, what it means to be faithful in the little things, right, in the dark seasons, in the wilderness, simply means that you learn to do things that please God. Right? I think Moses learned to do things that please God. I think David learned to do things that please God in the wilderness. if you're in the wilderness my 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 pastoral care and advice to you would be in that wilderness to seek to ask this question, God, how can I please you is is what I'm engaging in pleasing to you? Does this please you? Can I do this for you? Does this bring to and and, and so Uh, cultivating our hearts in that way. And when God sees a man or a woman whose hearts and minds are continually fixated on God and continually fixated on pleasing Him, I can tell you scripturally that there is nothing God will withhold from you. That God will release the fullness of His blessing. If the question every day, 24-7, and all you do is God, does this please you? I believe that that is the key. I believe that that's what it means when we say something like, uh, have the right heart. Amen. Does this please you? We can get incredible fulfillment and enjoyment in seeing the pleasure of our, of our children. We can see incredible uh, 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 joy and, and uh, um, you know, pleasure in, in, in seeing other people, friends, family, enjoyment. Man, how good it is to know that God is pleased. Um, with the things that we dedicate to him. In addition to that, another attribute or characteristic of Joseph, okay, uh, uh, which I believe, uh, uh, scripturally and and contextually, that he's he's constantly seeking to please God. No one else. And that's why he can do so well in everything he does. Because everything he does, big or small, is to God. And if you dedicate it to God, then you give your best. Does that make sense? Big or small. Small position or high position. Uh, That's one key attribute. Another attribute that we see here, is verse 16 when Pharaoh says hey so I heard you have this gift and I, have, I heard you have this incredible power and I heard you have this incredible ability to interpret dreams and you, and you did this for this guy and it came true and you did this for that guy and so hey I want you to interpret my dream you know, use, your, use your power use your gifts another attribute really key to Joseph and God's favor over him is number 16 Joseph then answered Pharaoh saying it is not uh, 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 it is not in me <laughs> he's basically saying the power is not mine He's basically saying, whatever you heard of me, all the high places or things, or it, it's not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer. He's quick. He's quick to give credit to God. He's quick to get credit to give credit to God. Um, uh, there, there are places in Scriptures, a handful. Where people took the credit of God, and they died. Okay, They, they took whatever acclaim, whatever uh, uh, success, whatever big crowds, and they, they kept it for themselves, and, and God killed them. Um, there was once where uh, someone had come up, and, and I had I led a prayer, and, and, and the person came to Christ... Uh, and then the person came after afterwards and says, Man, it's all you. And he literally was saying, It's you. It's, it's you. It's all you, man, because of you. And I was like, No, 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 no. Like, it's, it's all God. And he's like, No, it's not God. It's all you. It's all, you know, because of you and because of your message and because of your heart, and, you know, I, I and this. I was like, No, no, no. It's really God. It's really. And, and, and for the third time, he said, No. And he said, No, it's really you. It's really. And I said, No, no, no. you got to stop saying that because you said that. I might die. I can't take credit for this. I was really, that scripture came to mind. I was like, Stop saying it's me. It's not me. It's God. I wouldn't even be here if not for God. It's by His grace. And so you have to be quick to give credit to God. Let me ask you a question. For all the great accomplishments, for all the great resources and blessings, have you given credit to God? For your education and for your jobs, you know, for your families, have you given credit to God? For your positions of notoriety, you know, know, in, in in your jobs and marketplace and in the community, have you given credit to God? Are you quick? Have you remembered that God is the one who put you in that position? That God is the one who gave you that favor? Have we given credit to God? If we haven't, then uh, uh, let me challenge you and charge you sometime today just to take a moment to take inventory of all the blessings in your life and to tell God once again, Lord, I just acknowledge and recognize that everything I have in my hands, resources, opportunities, education, Status, God is from you. And I'm I'm quick to give you credit. And I think that's another key attribute of Joseph, one that seeks to please God is constantly asking this question, right? Whether it's a project, whether it's a job, whether it's an assignment, whether it's a minute God, is it pleasing to you? Secondly, when 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 praise is received, first, I mean, does it literally bounce off your heart and go, God, I give you all the credit? Right? Or does it absorb it and yeah, all that And then later, oh yeah, God, hey you know, here, I give you some credit too <laughs> right? And so so uh, uh, I think this is a great practice for us to be reminded Of this morning, to be quick To give credit to God, amen um, and, I, and I really Want you guys to practice this To really cultivate this Because I fully believe every Single one of you, if you adopt these They're, they're not just principles and keys I mean Man, I'd hate to just say, here are the keys and principles to unlock favor and blessing in your life. This is is called relationship. This is called uh, 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 being careful, uh, uh, being sensitive, protecting, guarding your relationship with a person, which is God, which is to please Him and and to think of Him and to put the other first before yourself. Um, And and God very much wants this uh, relationship with you. Did I do all that in 30 minutes? That was like point 0.1 of 0.4. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Um, okay, I'll wrap it up. Um, so, I'll close with this. Verse 40. Uh, once again, the highest authority in all... Well, I mean, God is the highest authority, but a secular authority... Uh, of someone who does not believe in God you see here someone being impacted by others faith even though Pharaoh doesn't believe in God Pharaoh sees the power of God in Joseph uh, recognizes is, is, is shrewd, is, is, is prudent uh, brings him in uh, into a position of authority acknowledges Joseph's God I think a lot of favor has to do with people acknowledging that that you have some kind of anointing that you have some kind of favor, the the non-believing world is able is able to recognize that. When you walk and pursue God in such a way, they can recognize observably uh, 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 your heart after God and God's favor over you. Um, if you, oftentimes we think of uh, uh, records and. Um, Okay, I'm just going to close here. Okay, uh, uh, basically, even though Joseph has a bad record on file, uh, meaning uh, uh, you know he was re- reported to the police and um, you know in, in his time and went to prison, um, that that wasn't held against him. What, what was on his ledger or what was on his record? it didn't hold him back from what God wanted to do in his life. I think a lot of times we think that a mistake that we made in the past or a mistake that is known legally or, or something, that, that that's on our record forever and because of that, you know, I'll never be able to succeed or go beyond a certain point. But we can see here that that's not true with God. That even though he was in charge before, even though people had a very bad perception of him, of him that was not true, that God was still able to promote him to an even higher position. Does that make sense? And so that that's just, I just wanted to encourage you um, that it doesn't matter where you came from, it doesn't matter what's on your records, um, that if you pursue God with all your heart, God, because He forgets our sins, He can make other people forget our sins. Does that make sense? Right? God forgets our sins, He forgives us, and He puts us into position of authority. Certainly, uh, I, I would have thought that maybe Pharaoh would have looked up Joseph's record. Hey, wait a second. He was in charge of this before. and Oh, look at this abuse. And you know, he, he was trying to uh, uh, be, be go into an adulterous relationship, even though none of this was true, but it's on his record. That, that's what the world thinks of him, even though none of it's true. And it's just encouraging for me to know um, that that, that didn't hold God back. And if it doesn't hold God back, guess what? He can clear your record, uh, uh, blind people's eyes, so that God can... Put you in that position in which we continue, no matter small or big, to seek to please God in all things. Amen, amen. So let's 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 stop on that. I had so many good stories and illustrations, but maybe tomorrow. Let's bow our heads. Uh, let's come before the Lord as the worship team comes up. Father, we just come before you this morning, and uh, one God. You are not short on time. Two, God, we are not the center of this story. We are a significant and important part. But we, the, the story does not, the sun does not revolve around us. And so Lord, we have a part to play. How we got here and got saved, and are somehow early in the morning hanging out in this beautiful city, seeking the word, God is by your grace, by your infinite purpose and plan. God, where the Gospel goes from our generation to the next generation's God is also part of Your plan. Lord, what is it that I can do in this time, in this breath, in this 60 or 80 or, or Lord willing 100 years that I can do that pleases You? Lord, cultivate. Lord, uh, open up our hearts, you know, till the soil of our hearts, soften it with Your oil and, and massage it and, and, and moisturize the minerals and the nutrients. Lord, plant these two words today in the hearts of every single person. Plant these two seeds. God, that everything we would do, we would ask this question, Lord, does it please you? Anything, it applies to everything. Lord, does this please you? It's what I'm about to engage in pleasing to you. Because God, your enjoyment, your being pleased is my pleasure. Secondly, God, that you would cultivate in our hearts this second seed, that every praise everything that's a trip, that we would be quick to return back to you. Quick to say, God, I give you the credit. Quick to say, man, hey, that's really cool. I, you know, I, I, I really appreciate it. But I just got to tell you, man, that the only reason why I'm here is because of Jesus Christ. That in fact, I, if you have the time, you know, if you didn't know me before, that my, my life was spiraling out of control. I, I was in the bits, But the Lord saved me, called me out, showed me how much He loved me. And because of that, I do everything for Him. To be quick To recognize, if we haven't yet acknowledged where all our blessings come from, to be quick today, right now, to attribute and give all glory to our Lord Jesus. And to remember finally that if God has forgiven us, then our future is bright. If God has forgiven you, then your future is bright. God can do amazing things No man can stop, no matter how much they dislike you or how much they wish you weren't there, the purposes and the plans that God has for you. Amen? Amen. Let's delight in that. Let's take pleasure in that. Let's respond to that and give God worship.